Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson, and I'm excited to be back for our fourth season. Today, we're with Letty McKinney of MC Bar Ranch, The Round Top, and McKinney Farms in Johnson, Kansas. Letty is sharing what it's been like to come back and take over her family farm and ranch and the incredible journey that she's been living out. She talks about getting creative to make extra money as an addition to the family operation, her family's legacy of grit and their story dealing with chronic illness, plus how she started selling her beef and how she sort of fell into an event venue. She also has something new to announce at the end of the podcast, so you'll want to stay tuned for that. Here we go with Letty McKinney. Well, we're here with Letty McKinney of MC Bar Ranch, The Round Top, and McKinney Farms in Johnson, Kansas. Letty, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. Me too. It's been a long time coming. I know. We're finally here. I know. It's exciting. Yes. Tell us about you. We are here on your family ranch where you're born and raised, and this land has been in your family for generations, right? Yeah, it has. It has. And that's why it's so special. But um, I went to school. After I graduated high school, I said, see you later, Southwest Kansas. I'm never coming back here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's funny how those things work out. But I went to school at Oklahoma State University, and I was going to be a veterinarian, like every animal science degree usually goes to be as a veterinarian. Um, And then after that, the Lord kind of just started changing my heart my senior year. And I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to be a vet anymore. And I don't know why, but okay. (laughs) So um, I applied for the TCU Ranch Management Program um, when I was applying for vet school. And, you know, the whole shift was happening. And God just ordained my steps to go down to Fort Worth. And I was like, okay, well, I'm supposed to be here, I guess. So (laughs) I just went to Fort Worth the next year. Um, after I graduated from OSU for the TCU program. And when I interviewed for that program, the professor I was interviewing with told me, this program won't just change your life, but it'll change your kid's life, your grandkid's life, your great-grandkids. I was like, no way, you're full of crap. (laughs) 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 No way, that's not going to happen. But yeah, he did. So um, it was a life-changing program. And then um, after I graduated from there, I was in the feed yard for a couple years and lived my best feed yard life, feeding cows every day, and I loved what I did. I learned so much, um, and then ended ended up back home, so that's kind of a short version of of that story. Yeah. (laughs) So did you, I mean, you mentioned that you never saw yourself coming back here, but did you picture yourself doing any of this that you're doing today? Not at all. Not a single clue at all. Um, like I said, I was going to Oklahoma. I was going to marry me a rancher. I was going to be a veterinarian. (laughs) (laughs) I had my steps ordained on what I was going to do. And none of that has happened. (laughs) Funny how that can play Uh, out, isn't it? uh, Yeah. So I never saw myself coming back home. Never saw myself returning to Southwest Kansas. Um, but God has me here for a specific reason. So it's been really great. So what has it been like coming back? Oh, hard. (laughs) Very, very hard. Yeah. Um, So when I went to TCU, I didn't really know why I was going to TCU, but I knew I needed to get the business aspect of things, and I had no idea why. Um, And so that's that's why I went to TCU, was to learn how to run a business. And that is what I brought back to our family operation. 
So the kind of the backstory on why I think the Lord was shifting my heart is um, my dad has been sick for the last 12 years, really. And in 2010, I was a sophomore in high school and he had a brain surgery and the doctors actually gave him two weeks to live. Um, and within that, like it was hard, so hard. And I was so mad. I was like, why would you do this to good people? You know, sickness is so prevalent in farming and ranching communities, I think, especially. I mean, maybe it just hits home a lot harder because we're small communities um, mm -hmm. and everybody feels it. Yeah. You know, it's not just one person. So I was just really mad and revolting and oh, I was so angry. <laughs> and that's why I never wanted to come back here because mm -hmm. there was so much hurt in this operation. And I, that's why I didn't want to come back. Um, so within that, <laughs> lots of things happened, but whenever somebody's chronically sick, it's so hard for someone to perform well, you know, because mm -hmm. they just don't feel good. Yeah. And I understand that. I get that. Um, so within that, like, since it's a family operation, it's just my dad and my mom and me and my sister, and I have three older brothers, but they're kind of removed from the operation. It was hard for my dad to do what things needed to be done. You know, I remember after that first year of his surgery, um, some of our neighbors came in and helped us with the harvest, but we also lifted him up with a tractor into the combine. Wow. So it's just like things like that that you just remember are scarred in your brain forever, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, and so long story short, <laughs> I guess, or it kind of turned into a long story, but it's a big part of how I got back home. In 2017, before I graduated from TCU, I felt like I was supposed to come back for some reason, but I didn't know why, really. Um, and then I came home over Christmas break, and I was working on my management plan and doing all these things. And I'm like, Mom, I think Dad, I don't think Dad is doing very good again. You know, I think we need to have him go get checked out. And um, sure enough, his tumor came back in 2017. And I had a graduated, my sister graduated the next day, and then that Monday, he had surgery again. Wow. <laughs> um, so it was super crazy. Yeah. And I actually had a job lined up to go work in the feed yard, but I told them my dad was sick, and I needed to be home for wheat harvest. So the fact that they hung on to me and waited for me said a lot. I was yeah. so grateful. Um, and thankfully, my dad, you know, he recovered really well. Um, like, his first surgery was a lot harder on him, just because it was a lot bigger okay and he couldn't like he had to learn how to rewalk and re-talk wow. and everything I mean wow. he he was in ICU for a long time just to drain the fluid off of his brain and all of those things that were crazy detrimental life life-changing life-altering situations yeah. you know so the second surgery wasn't as bad um, but this time it came back stage two cancer <laughs> so you know, you deal with one horn and then you get <laughs> thrown into another. But yeah. um, so he went through radiation that summer and they thought they had it kind of contained. And we won't we don't really know, you know, if he's cancer free or not. They said it's one of those things. He'll probably just live with it, you mm -hmm. know, because it's kind of incurable yeah. so, from medical treatments. So anyways, that's kind of that story wow. <laughs> and how I got back. But he went um, from two weeks to live. To now, all these years yeah, later, yeah, he's still here. 12 years, yeah. It's a miracle. Like, I just, I, that was one of my prayers. I was like, God, just give me some more time with my dad. Like, give me some more time to learn and gain from his knowledge. And he blessed me with that. So Yeah, so good. Yeah. 
So how did you start to bring yourself into the operation once you realized, okay, I'm here, <laughs> yeah. I'm in this? Yeah, I prolonged it for a while. Um, I knew eventually I would come back here, uh-huh. but I didn't know when uh-huh. exactly. And so after wheat harvest, you did go work. Yeah. At that- so I went down to Texas and I went to a feed yard. Okay. And I was in a couple different feed yards there. They had two yards and I bounced back and forth from those yards. And I did a bunch of data analysis and all the fun things that you hear about in college, you know, customer analysis and turning out cattle on wheat pasture and talking to customers and looking at the flakes corn in the mill and <laughs> all of the things I did them. Um, and then it was just turned into a, like, I don't know, it just didn't, it wasn't a good fit for me. Uh-huh. The operation wasn't. Um, and I had a lot of issues with the boss. So it was just wasn't a good fit for me. Um, so I had to move, I would not move back, but I had to figure out something because I knew it was time for me to leave mm-hmm. there. I mean, I thought I was going to be there for a long time. Yeah. I bought a house and everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's happened. And then I actually quit and I went to a different feed yard back in Kansas I was there for a year and a half. I was in Leota, Kansas for a while. Um, And then I got to a point where I was in a pretty toxic relationship. Um, And it just, it broke me, you know, and I was so broken. I had to move out of that environment to heal. And the only place I could come really was back home. (laughs) And I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) I have to come back here. (laughs) So I actually, I moved back home and... Um, I took a big pay cut, you know, cause I was making really good salary in the feed yard, very good salary. I was working a lot, but I made good money. Um, but I knew I had to make a choice that year. It was in March. Um, and I was just contemplating on what to do cause I loved my job. I loved the crew who I was over, um, cause I was a yard maintenance manager. They had just moved me up. I was growing in the company. Um, and I had to make a choice if I wanted to come back home. And learn from my dad while I could, mm-hmm. you know, and learn our operation. Because the biggest thing for me was we have irrigation. You know, we have center pivots. We have Minneapolis Moline motors that I have no clue how to fix. <laughs> <laughs> Not a, No clue at all. Um, so I wanted to learn every ounce of knowledge I could from him while I could because I didn't know how long I have left with him. Yeah. You know? Um, And with me being so broken, I was just like, you know, I don't care if I'm not making any money (laughs) in this point in time. Like, I just have to be okay internally. And the only thing, it was actually such a blessing that I moved home because I was able to focus on somebody else other than my own brokenness. Mm -hmm. And within that, like, I just healed all around, too. So that's how I actually got back home. But I didn't get paid when I came back home. So within that, yeah. that's how I started or why I started MC Bar Meat Co. and the Round Top and all these different adventures. Wow. Yeah. So you moved back home. What's the first thing you did? The first thing I did was gut my house. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was crazy. So I actually bought the house before I moved back home. Because I knew eventually I was going to move back home. I just didn't know when. Yep. Um, So I bought this house and it was a total, you know, I bought a house in Texas and sold that. And then this place came open and it was just a total God thing. Because there's no way I should have been able to buy a house as 24 years old or 23 years old, a single woman. Uh (laughs) You know, I should not have had that money to buy the house. But it all just worked out. And I was going to just use this place as a rental house. Um, 
but then I ended up moving home and that's what I was able to focus on. I focused on gutting the house and remodeling it and just grinding out and we were jumping right into planting season when I moved home so it was just like go 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 whenever I got back home so yeah that's what I focused on what did it mean to your parents to have you come home it was so good it was awesome you know and like with chronic health um it was hard because with families you know when it's a family operation there's no backup so if somebody's gone if somebody's not pulling the weight you know, nobody's doing the work, um, and it's hard. Like, we had a lot of financial hardships, and then whenever you have hospital bills and chronic illness on top of, it just takes you a long time to dig out of that, um, so we had to really evaluate, like, I knew I couldn't come home without bringing something back to our operation, because it's just not big enough to support another family. Yeah. You know, and I think every farming family faces that. You yep. have to come back, but you have to bring something back with you when you come and you have to be in um, creative with what you bring back and something that fits your operation. So I started MC Bar Mico. <clears throat> I actually started it before I moved back home because I was like, eventually I'll move back home. <laughs> and I think I sold Forehead that year. <laughs> you uh-huh. know? It was nothing. It was Nick- nickels and pennies basically, but it was <laughs> a start. start. It was a start, yeah. you know, so it was, it was really great, but it was something we were already doing that I could capitalize on with not having to actually increase our expenses so so once you moved back it was the kind of the groundwork was already there yeah so how did you start to grow it and get the word out and really develop that yeah it's been hard Uh (laughs) it has been so hard um and small communities are hard especially when you sell beef and everyone can go around here and most employers provide their beef So originally, my market wasn't local people at all. (laughs) It was not local people at all. I was shipping it and going everywhere with it. Um, But it's kind of took a turn. And honestly, before COVID hit 2020, I was really evaluating, do I even continue this business? Like, it is so hard. (laughs) It was, uh, it was, I don't know how to explain it, just because it's such a word of mouth business. Um, and people will refer you if it's good and if it's not yeah. good, you know. And I didn't know what I was doing, uh-huh. <laughs> really. I mean, the feed yard gave me experience, but I've learned so much since I started. So uh-huh. my customers who are with me from the beginning, I have so much love for them because <laughs> I have grown so much since I first started. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. So you're growing MC Bar Meat Co. When did the round top? come into the picture yeah I totally fell into that one (laughs) I was not planning that I thought maybe in five or ten years when I have everything figured out I would start a wedding venue (laughs) you know but no (laughs) not at all Um, my sister actually wanted to get married um at the round top and she told me she's like you know sissy I would really like to get you know I'd really like to get married at your place because it's just beautiful here you have rolling hills in the back and the round top is just magical. So we remodeled the round top and it was a dirt floor when we started. And if you're not familiar with a round top, it's also called a Quonset hut. Yep. Depending on your geographical region. So it's unique. It's different. It's cool. It's got its own story to tell. Um, and we just put some cement in there, put the electricity in, sewer in, all of those fun things. Um, and it was just 
go, 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 go for a month. Because I think my sister's wedding um, was August 8th, I think. I think that's the right date. Sorry, and if I get it wrong and you're listening to this, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was August 8th. But we started July 1st, basically, <laughs> and finished it within a month. Wow. Yeah, and it was a dirt floor. So Unreal. We had to put a new septic tank out just to hold it. And uh-huh. I mean, it was done within a month. But you pulled it off. Yeah, we pulled it off. And how was the wedding? It was magical. Yeah. <laughs> it was so magical. So it was gorgeous. Just everything she dreamed of. Yeah, it was. And that was something, you know, I didn't have to do that, but it was something this area needed, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was just such a great project for my whole family to work on. Yeah. You know, because my brother came in and we were helping, he was helping us and (laughs) my sister was helping and everybody was helping. So it's been a family project, really. Very cool. And also another way to provide income for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So So. you've gotten to hold some fun events out here since then. Yeah. Yeah, we have. We've done some concerts and we've had fall fest and, you know, baby showers and birthday parties and weddings and just a little bit of everything. And it's just the start. Yeah. Has it been more than you ever thought it would be? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it has. It has been good. good. And it's hard to manage. Like for me personally right now, it's been a little hard to manage. So... Because I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. never ran a wedding venue <laughs> ever. <laughs> I have no idea what this is. <laughs> so. Yeah. Such is life as an entrepreneur, right? It is. It, yeah. it really is. Yeah. And then next door to the round top, you have a grain bin, mm. which has recently taken on a new life. Yes, it has. So we remodeled this grain bin and we cut this hole out. And originally it was just a bar area for the round top, uh-huh. you know, to add for catering and different things to serve drinks out of and the food out of and all of those fun things. Um, but my goal, end goal was to make it into an Airbnb. Because when I first moved home, I remodeled my house. And then I Airbnb'd my house to make money. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I would go stay with my mom and my dad while somebody was at my house. Yes. <laughs> so I was very frugal <laughs> and trying to figure out just how to make ends meet, mm-hmm. you know, and being able not to be a burden on the operation because I didn't pull a salary for a long time. Wow. So I had to be creative on how to make extra money. Um, And there was no good place for people to stay. Like, my heart was, if people are coming in to visit family, there's not really a homey place for them to stay. So that's why I did my house. And I'm like, ah, I don't have a lot in here. So if somebody decides to steal it, I guess, (laughs) then it doesn't matter. (laughs) You know, what's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah. Uh, So. A risk worth taking. It was, yeah. It was really good. And then, I mean, eventually mom and dad got tired of me, so I figured I'd better find something else to do. So you set your eyes on the grain bin, which is such a cool idea. It is, yeah. A unique experience. It is. It is really cool. And it's just, I don't know, the environment in the bin, I can't explain it. It's just cozy, and it makes you feel at home. Uh Uh-huh. Kind of a modern rustic mm-hmm. feel. Yeah. So you and your brother, you guys took this on. Tell us, describe it for people. Yeah, okay. Because it's kind of hard to picture if you haven't <laughs> it seen is. it, what yeah. a grain bin Airbnb looks like. Yeah, yeah. So we cut a big 12-foot hole in the side of the grain bin. <laughs> and I was like, I want it 12-foot long, 3-foot high, 
you know, so that anybody can come up and belly up to the bar, you know, uh-huh. and have a drink if they want. Uh, so we cut this big hole out of the grain bin, and then we built a frame that would go in there eventually for a window. And that was like stage one of it. Um, and then stage two was putting in sewer and, which we didn't put in sewer. It doesn't have a, it doesn't have a bathroom, but it has a sink, running water and stuff like that. So eventually we'll put in a bathroom. Um, but you walk in and it's a metal staircase with wood frames and it's just, you, it spirals against the wall up into the loft area and the loft is like half of the grain bin. Um, and it's just a cute little quaint one bedroom glamping experience yeah it <laughs> glamping really on the planes and you just the bathroom's next door yeah the bathroom's right there so you can just yeah at the round top and you can just walk over there and and experience the quiet peacefulness of southwest kansas on the plains <laughs> and a beautiful sunset oh yeah beautiful sunsets beautiful sunrises mm-hmm. so it really serves a dual purpose too yeah. because that window that you're explaining like you can open that up and it yeah. can kind of have a another purpose when you're having events yeah yeah and when I say it's a fa- it was a family project it really was you know because I gave my brother the vision I was like this is what I want it to look like I don't care how you get there <laughs> you know <laughs> this is just how I want it and like him and his wife Brittany both kind of designed it and he did you know the structure and stuff and Brittany's the one who made it look beautiful like the lasso ropes on the railing and just really unique things in the um bolts that hold down the floor they're not bolts I don't know what they're called right now (laughs) mechanical things in my brain do not work (laughs) just ask my dad it's a thingy thing it's a thingy whopper (laughs) you know he gets it Uh (laughs) and it's just beautiful how it all played together and we all had a impact and a vision and my sister had a to put like the bin logo up in the eventually on underneath the flooring and LED lights and just little things that make it what it is. Yeah. So it's really cool. I feel like grit is a good way to describe a lot of your journey. Yes. What does that word mean to you? Honestly, it's part of our legacy, you know, because this place was founded in the 1930s like in the Great Depression. How in the world did they do that? Yeah. And they lived in a sod house and the dirt was blowing and Blackout Friday and all of the things. So I think it's just part of who who I am, you know. And I was taught you work hard and let your actions speak louder than your words. You know, that's how you lead. Um, and that's that's just what my parents taught me. And that's kind of how I've establish the grit aspect behind all of this just keep moving forward even if it's hell like eventually you'll get out I promise Uh (laughs) so we recently at brand camp you redid your website which is super fun but awesome one line that you put in there was a legacy of grit and I love that that's so cool and it's so true I think about the people who found it out here I mean this is literally no man's land (laughs) I honestly think you could get lost what they say you can watch your dog run away for days it's a it's a real deal (laughs) it really is but it's so beautiful and it just takes a special breed to live out here and find beauty in it and be able to see something and find the beautiness the beautifulness of it Uh you know absolutely What have been some of the biggest lessons you've had to learn coming back home? Oh, the biggest thing is working with family, I think, Uh and figuring out cash flow, but definitely the family aspect of it. (laughs) Because 
Um, there's so many times I would say things to my dad or my mom that I'm never, ever going to say to a boss, <laughs> you, <laughs> yes. you know, and I think just remembering that and valuing their relationship and respecting that mm-hmm. has gone a long ways. So the whole family piece has been a huge dynamic in this, but, and cash flow. Everybody struggles with cash flow. I Absolutely. Think. <laughs> yeah. You know, we can go on and on about finances, but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you kind of have to roll with it when it comes to that. You do. What's been the most rewarding part of this dream coming to life? And I say dream, I feel like it was a dream you didn't even know you had, but I feel like it is a dream to you. Yeah, and I I don't really know what the end picture looks like. So it's one of those things I take a little step and then I get a little bit of a clearer vision. Uh Uh-huh. Um, but for me, I think it's been seeing our operation succeed, yeah. like in watching my dad start glowing again mm-hmm. over the years, because uh, he's kind of lost, just like I said earlier, with chronic illness, it just takes takes you out, takes it out of people. Oh, yeah. You know, it's so hard, and it's just been fun to watch him kind of lighten up again, and mm-hmm. sometimes, I mean, he still is a grumpy old grouch and will dirty cuss me, but that's fine, <laughs> <You know? laughs> What advice would you have for someone thinking about starting a small business or doing what you did and coming Mm -hmm. back home to ranch or farm? Yeah, honestly, just do it. Uh Just do it because you can wait and wait and wait for the perfect opportunity and it might never come. You're Uh never going to know everything. You're never going to have your website perfect. You're never going to know how to finish an animal to its harness I mean maybe eventually I might get there when I'm 50 yeah (laughs) you know but just start if you have a dream in your heart just do it because you're gonna learn as you go yeah and people respect that you know for you being brave and courageous and just stepping out in what you're supposed to do it's so rewarding yeah and we learn through every step we might not succeed at all of them Mm -hmm. but we can always learn from it Yeah. One of my favorite sayings is just fail forward. Yes. You know, you might have a failure. You might have a failed business. You might have to figure out how the heck to explain this to the banker or what your mistake was. Yeah. But just be honest, you know, don't be too prideful to not say, yeah, I screwed up big time. I had no idea and I had no idea what I was getting into. And that's okay. You know, just be honest. So... Well, what do you love about Johnson and Southwest Kansas? You know, I love how everybody is there for you. Yeah. You know, um, being in a family that has had chronic illness, like I said, but that year, whenever it was 2010, and I was a sophomore in high school and the farmers came in with a bunch of combines, like, <laughs> you know, that was amazing. I will, I will forever be indebted, indebted to the people who did that in the community, you know, for stepping up and just helping where they could. Yeah. Because there was no way that we should still be in business. But the only reason is, is because of the community, you know. Yeah, that's incredible. What excites you most about the future of rural America? The opportunity. Mm -hmm. There's so much opportunity and people don't see it. (laughs) You know, they see these little dinky towns and they're like, there's nothing there. Why would I, why would you ever live there? Like there's so much opportunity here. It's so rich. And to raise a family eventually, like I would love to raise a family in a small community, you know, and just being there and having the mentorship 
and the people there and people to lead and guide your family because it takes a community really uh-huh. and that's probably my the, the thing that excites me the most is the opportunities that are there yeah and in addition to all these other things we've talked about you've also gotten involved in the community since you've come back yeah I am very active probably almost too much but <laughs> it's been it's been really good yeah so it brings fresh minds in and young perspectives because you know if you don't step up and lead you're a young person you know I'm 27 so I'm young for my community Mm -hmm. um and if you don't step up and lead your town will eventually go backwards you know and that's what we had to figure out Mm -hmm. because we've just had a lot of tax burdens on the people people are moving away nobody's coming back and we're like okay what can we do differently to bring people back here you know, and it's just being on a board or, you know, the, if it's a 4-H board or the city hall or school board or whatever it might be, find something you're passionate about and do it. Help, you yeah. know, just be a just be a voice, helping hand. And have you found that there are others who are willing to come alongside too and champion these things yes. with you? Yeah, absolutely. And the biggest thing is, is I think you just need somebody to go for it like lead and guide and just full-fledged go for it Mm -hmm. and people get on board they get excited you know you got to keep the momentum going absolutely keep the excitement going because if you stop it's (laughs) oh yeah momentum is a real thing it is it is yeah and it can be I we talk about that a lot with rural revival but it can be it's that momentum that changes things for a town and once you get that going it's Mm -hmm. amazing how it keeps building. It is. And I'm so proud of this little community because I think within the last year we've had two or three new businesses come in and start. And I'm just so proud of them. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm so excited for them. Like, holy cow market. And we have a little boutique on Main Street now. And it's just exciting. Uh-huh. So I'm so happy that there's things <laughs> coming. Absolutely. And more <laughs> you know? coming. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. Well, what's next for you? Any big plans? Oh, I'm sure there's plenty of big plans. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to uh, kind of reevaluate like the meat market here lately. Um, so I'm excited. Uh, I'm getting ready to launch some new products with that. And then the Airbnb and also the Round Top too. And then also just growing the farm and ranch with my dad. You yeah. know, we brought stalkers in this year for the first time. My dad was so mad at me the whole time. He dirty cussed me all winter long. <laughs> but I think he kind of likes them now. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, you know, just being not afraid to try something new. And I, I'm excited for that and to see what what comes and what the Lord has. So getting ready to release a pretty big big project with MC Bar Meat Co. Kind of nervous, but I think it'll be good. So, Okay. We'll have to keep us posted. Yeah. How do we follow along? Yeah, you can follow on Instagram at Letty, L-E-T-T-I-E dot McKinney. <laughs> um, and also on Instagram at The Round Top. And then also Facebook at MC Bar Mico and Facebook at The Round Top. So, and your website. Yeah, of course, my website. you got to go see it. Uh-huh. <laughs> because Dana is awesome to work with. And you all should go to Brand Camp. Shameless plug. Oh, thank you. <laughs> because it was life-changing. It really was. Thank so, you. I'm yeah. so glad you were there. But mcbarranch.com. Yeah, mc-ranch, if you're going to type it in the browser. Yes, yes. <laughs> But it's pronounced mcbar. That's right. <laughs> yeah. 
Good tip. All right. Well, we will link to that in the show notes. Awesome. You also have a really cool guide about Southwest Kansas. Yes, I do. I have a barcode that I put up in the grain bin. So when people come in and stay, it will just take them to my website and they can see all the local restaurants I love, all the places that are cool to go visit, different things to shop at, and just kind of experience the whole the whole area. Yeah. So we'll link to that as well. Yeah. So. Awesome. Letty, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. And we've gotten to spend the last couple of days here. Yeah. It's been wonderful. Thanks for being a great host. And yeah. thanks to your family. You no. have a wonderful family. And we just feel like we're part of the gang now. Good. Thanks for coming to <laughs> yeah. Southwest Kansas. I appreciate it. Well, this is such an incredible story, and I'm so inspired by Letty's perseverance and determination to forge a path forward for her family's farming and ranching operation, and how she's carved out her own role in that. And that big project that Letty mentioned, she's created customizable cropland budget templates that are now live on her website. These templates allow you to easily enter your specific information and stay on top of your budget on the go. Head to the show notes for the link where you can purchase and download these templates. And just to let you know, they're currently 50% off. So definitely go take advantage of that. And I also wanted to mention that Letty has her own podcast called The Letty Show, where she talks a lot about life on the farm and ranch in Southwest Kansas. And you can find that on all podcast platforms. As Letty mentioned in this episode, she attended our first ever brand camp and her website is fabulous, guys. So be sure to find that link in the show notes and go check it out. Our first brand camp was such a success that we decided to bring it back again and we're hosting our next workshop on May 8th through 11th in Leapers Fork, Tennessee. You'll leave with a brand new website that you'll know how to edit all on your own, plus email marketing, organic social media, and a whole new set of marketing tools. Get all the details at brandcampworkshop.com and come join us. Huge thanks to Letty for being on the podcast and thanks to you for tuning in. Have a great week, everybody.